Hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I am Leslie the Third, and I'm Jack Allison. And today we have some special guests. Before we get into that, um, th this is a live recording of the mm -hmm. stream. You, uh, for our chatters in there, we will be ignoring you sadly. Except if you make any subs, we will be ha handing Taco a treat, and you will oh, get wow. to see taco get his treat we have that over here on our stream but our special guests today uh felix uh, uh phoenix and william from the wine cellar podcast thank you so much for joining us wine cellar media is one of my favorite favorite uh podcasts on the website outlets please please uh subscribe to them i've been telling people Hook, subscribe to y'all because y'all pull out so much content so much good content so much smart and very very uh funny content thank you so much uh for joining us today thanks for giving us a chance to talk some shit to different people <laughs> <laughs> we're super glad to be and, here and, yeah and and, and y'all really do talk shit y'all have one of the, the best energy of any show out there and please just you know tell people uh, what your show is about if they haven't heard it uh, i started it as um like uh, i wanted to do sort of hip-hop atheist black comedy back in 2012 and yeah i i kind of the world was not ready for that i, I assume <laughs> <laughs> No, still still not the most popular program. <laughs> and, uh, and as I started covering more of the news, like some of that stuff was like, wait, this is not as funny. This is kind of serious. And, and I was like, you know what? Let's I'll, I'll allow the anger side to happen naturally and still like deliberately do comedy. And then two years into it, uh, Phoenix Kalider is tuned into the program and um and I actually see her leaving comments on the live stream and then she started calling in and then from calling in she became a regular guest to a co-host and now we're a married couple uh searching to buy a house together. Yes. Wow, now that's a podcast success story. Now that <laughs> yeah. is truly yeah. Wow. You usually don't end up that well. <laughs> yeah. don't end up that good. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We got a gang of topics here. We are doing a topical episode on this live uh, Friday episode. And the number one thing that everybody's talking about, of course, your Biden money's coming in. Biden bucks, baby. Mm -hmm. uh, up to $1,400 for individuals who did not make more than $75,000 in the fiscal year 2018 or 2019. Well, assuming if, you, if, if you're the type of person that uh, files your taxes months and months early, then they'll base it on 2020. But if you're normal, then it is based <laughs> on 2018 or 2019. So I, I, I first thing I guess we should ask is, is everybody, have you gotten the pre, have y'all gotten the previous ones? Do you expect to get this one? Cause the, the, the beautiful part of it is that they're already doing the victory lap for it. And absolutely positively, no one knows if they're actually getting it or not. Right. Um, yeah, I can say for me, uh, I got the twelve hundred dollars. Um, although my wife didn't get the twelve hundred dollars because her identity got stolen. Uh, and no, I did never. I never received the six hundred dollars, and I don't anticipate uh, receiving the fourteen hundred dollars. Not because of tax bracket issues, but just because I don't know. I never got the six hundred. Yeah, for us, um, yes, our landlords <laughs> did receive that stimulus. Oh yes, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I, I think we got something saying that we were supposed to get it, but I'm still looking for that $2,000. I believe someone told me <laughs> I was going to get $2,000. You know, if there were certain... pictures of the check, there were pictures of the check were that were posted, even at some point. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know that we're going to get everything we're supposed to. Well, I mean, obviously, we're not going to get everything we're supposed to get because we're supposed to be getting the two. But even out of um this, I don't know. What the fuck is this? Like consolation prize check they're sending us. I don't think we're going to get all that either. Yeah, just give yeah. me my Chuck E. Cheese tokens with Harriet Tubman's face on them. Whatever it is, just give it to me now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, at this point, I guess, you know, this, uh, you know, we talked about this. Uh, this was this was how it was talked about on Katie's show. So I'm stealing this, I think, from Ben Spielberg, uh, which is, you know, uh, that this bill is better than we can typically expect from the Democrats. And so we should say that this is better than the Democrats have given us in the past and is maybe more than some people expected. However, um, it's also almost all temporary. Um, and it is not nearly as much as people need. You know, we're now a year into this pandemic. People have like not been able to work because of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we're going to get at the end of all this is $1,400. Um, I guess there's something called the earned income tax credit that if people can figure out how to that system works, you can get some sort of additional check. Mm-hmm. Um, and $300 in UI expansion, unemployment insurance expansion, um, which is, Less than the $400 they were pitching um, and less than the $600 expansion we got uh, right at the start of the pandemic. Um, But it will, I guess, not be taxed for $10,000 of it or something like that. I I don't know. Uh, I've been seeing the way that this thing is being sold, you know, as you know, by the Washington Post already is selling it as like having already reduced child poverty by 50%, which is, yeah. I mean, just the like, it's like, it's like Schrodinger's child pro- uh, poverty or something <laughs> like that. Like simply by announcing it, these children are out of uh, poverty. But even if I were to afford it, that it actually does reduce child poverty uh, uh, by 50%, it's all temporary. So right. what that says to me is that, you know, in next year or in two years, we are planning to increase child uh, childhood poverty by another hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna absolutely. <laughs> it's a planned <laughs> increase. Uh, we're gonna double. do a short term decrease so that we can double up again in one or yeah. two years. I mean, it really does remind yeah. me of being sort of like the other side of that coin when like conservatives be like, "Well, how can poor people be poor? They have iPhones," and it's like. We're not buying iPhones every three months, but there really is that whole sort of like, well, don't buy an iPhone. You can afford a house. And it's like, you know, you have to pay a mortgage for like decades on a house, right? Yeah. And also people are paying that mortgage on their iPhone. That's the other thing is that it's like (laughs) people are paying 50 bucks a month on iPhone. (laughs) Right. And it really is just that sort of the mentality that like, but once we give you a thing once, you're expected to just make it into like this sort of never ending money tree. But that really does, I think, speak to that sort of disconnect about like when you are born into money and you've lived in money and you've never been poor. Maybe that seems logical. That's not how it actually works in reality. This isn't people get a short term tax child tax credit. They can use that time to learn to code and then obviously (laughs) they'll be rich forever. Right. But then then there's the other side of the class holes where it's like, uh, was it Tennessee, uh, Mississippi? They're kind of the same state where they want to put put a tax on or um, or take away women's right to braid each other's hair in their living rooms. Right. Yeah, wow. so you're not allowed to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And on that iPhone thing, yeah, I've had the same one since 2016, and I'm one of the rare people that has the same damn charge cord, and it still works. 
Wow. Oh, See, wow. now that's responsibility. That is actually taking responsibility for your property, you know. Uh, that's basically like if you, uh, you know, bought a home and, and, and you know, managed to upkeep, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. If you just stop buying iPhones and avocado toast, you wouldn't even need this. Yeah, I know. As, as we go through a, a three-month process to prove that we can pay an $800 mortgage after paying a $1,600 <laughs> rent. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, the other thing about this is that so much of this is being put forward. And look, I will agree that the child tax credit, you know, is good and it's something that we should have permanently like yes i think in america the richest country in the world we should be sending people who have children checks um but that does discount that there are so many people in this country who have been hurt by this pandemic and hurt by the economic downturn you know as a result of the pandemic not their own fault in any way that don't have dependents and don't have children you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this this, you know, uh, relief bill is being put out and they're trying to claim like so much more money goes to people. And I'm like, well, but not to like it actually specifically carves out a very specific type of, you know, worker that doesn't have dependents. And it's like, do, do they not matter? You know what I mean? They're just as like struggling just as much. Huh, well, yeah. I would say that they don't matter, but I always feel like it's like some sort of like weird propaganda to like trick people into having more kids. Like, right. if you breed yeah. us more workers, we'll give you some more crumbs. Except this well, time, it'll be enough crumbs to be a whole saltine. Like, <laughs> it's a right. whole saltine. Have more kids so we can exploit them. Here's, uh, yeah. what is it, $1,200. Okay, go. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I This bill, you know, uh, it, it's, it's hard to strike a, a, a position here because it's like, honestly... I am glad that they're sending aid to people. It's long overdue, and a lot of the provisions in this bill should be permanent. Um, that would be my biggest complaint about this bill, aside from that they um, absolutely rope-a-doped us on $2,000 and turned it into 1400 before our very eyes, like alchemy or something like that. My actual like biggest complaint about this bill would be that they didn't manage to get anything permanent into it. You know, uh, people will, like, you know, make fun of the left about how, you know, the $15 minimum wage didn't get in there. The big reason why you want the $15 minimum wage in there is because that is like a permanent, it's not even enough. Again, all this stuff is not enough. $15 minimum wage, if, it, if we got it in there, I would have been out here being like, that is actually not enough in 2021. Um, but uh, they didn't manage to get anything, I, I believe, permanent into the bill. The idea is that they're like, maybe people will get used to this stuff and not want to do away with it. And then in uh, a year, They'll elect more Democrats and we'll be able to make it permanent. This is actually the most important election of our lifetimes, everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm actually old enough that every election has been the most important election <laughs> of my lifetime. Oh. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I could... Oh, we should start a Facebook page for that. There's like a Facebook page. It's something like not to brag, but this is like the 92nd apocalypse I've survived for like every time there's a prophecy <laughs> that the world's going to end. It'd be like not to brag, but this is like my 15th most important election yeah. of my life. And I lived through it again. <laughs> I have lived through so many important elections. It's so cool how many of the most I must be one of the most 
important voters at this point. You know what I mean? I must be now be one of the most important there ever was. And you are, and that's why you might maybe get almost twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> and you know, piggybacking on you mentioned the um the fifteen bucks an hour not being enough, and like this is something I recently started doing. I'm just gonna say it out loud publicly. I make eighteen bucks an hour, right? And um, wow. And it, and it's like it, it, I I guess it is a lot considering like my class background, the poverty I come from. But then like I uh I had to take some vacation days when the car crashed, so I got to see exactly what a forty hour check looks like at eighteen bucks an hour after taxes, five hundred and sixteen yeah. punk ass dollars. Jeez. Yeah, I I mean that's the thing too is that it's like. You know, the idea with the minimum wage and liberals will get will post and, you know, be like, actually, only two percent of people are, you know, get paid at the federal minimum wage. But it's like, but setting a minimum wage actually pushes up the rest of the wages because they're all set in relation to what is the minimum wage. You know, it's like this. It's not uh, rocket science to say, like, yes, this would lift far more. And also, you know, uh, as much as Democrats want to put this put forward this bill and say, like, this is reducing poverty, I I just would say once again, it's reducing poverty for up to 24 months. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the real time to do something transformational, right? Like you have half a million Americans dead of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely devastating economic impact. You could have done almost anything you wanted. And they spent these past two months now damn near uh negotiating with themselves to get rid of the fifteen dollar uh minimum wage right. to reduce reduce the uh the it, the amount of the stimulus as well as like even just taking those extra two months like most people expected and this is what they were promised you were going to get the two thousand the first week and then there was going to be more this is right. it. Like this, this is, is it. it now. No, this is the fourteen hundred. This is the package. It's time we're moving on to the next thing now. This was the transformational package that showered money on Americans, and Joe Biden is uh, a, a crusader against poverty. And now it's time to move on to the next thing. Yeah, because um, after listen. everyone gets their PS five this weekend, like that money and pays their rent and pays their back bills, et cetera, et cetera, that money is going to be gone very fast and people are not going to remember it when the midterms come around. Right, exactly. I'm afraid to say. And also they'll be able to make very effective advertisements, um, like showing all the Democrats saying two thousand dollars. Uh, and saying you actually only got $1,400 and all the rest of this, like, tax incentive bullshit. It, like, you know, while historically that those kind of tax uh, benefits, like, seem to, you know, somehow miss communities of color even to begin with, but also yes. they're just totally fucking wonkish and, like, uh, impossible to understand. You have to do your taxes to take advantage of this. Poor people <laughs> don't do their taxes. Like, uh, <laughs> you know? So I, I understand that there's, with these new ones, there is some way that the monthly checks that the that they're going to, like, I, I, it's very hard to understand, but there is some way that the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit can be taken as like monthly payments. But to receive that, I think, number one, as Leslie said, you have to have done your taxes. And number two, you also have to be able to like, you know, uh, uh, manage your way through this completely like confusing system to even be able to set up to get these payments. Yeah, I swear that um, like the barriers they put in to make things inaccessible is really its own form of means testing. And we don't really talk yes. about that enough. I agree. I agree. And like even like Leslie saying, like, you know, 
the assumption that everybody files their taxes is like a form of means testing. You know what I mean? Yes, like yeah. so many people are just struggling and completely underwater. Um, and it's like so far from thinking about like doing my IRS taxes because I earn so little money that I like don't even like qualify to have to pay taxes. Like people are just trying to like not die and not have their like children die. They're not going to fucking H and R block to work out the earned income tax credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, there's what is there for families who aren't U.S. citizens, you know, who right. don't have Social Security numbers, who are in the country illegal, uh, uh, without, you know, their papers. Right. Like, what do they get? I This was a time I, I know every time you bring this up, the Republicans hit you for it. But guess what? You just won an election. You won the Senate. You won the House. This is the time where you can you do all the things that you say you believe in in pr- principle, but are scared to do, which is they could have just handing out money and more money and made people who didn't have their paperwork together eligible because those kids are still here. They're still uh, going to our schools and living in our communities and our neighborhoods, and they still need that money as desperately, if not more desperately than anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what the you what know, those immigrants are getting because those are my coworkers. Um like and and they and I always ask them like I'm allowed to say this man's name on the program, Raul, uh 65 years old, probably should be retiring, right? Nah. Yeah. yeah. D- doesn't qualify for that. So he's one of the people wow. that's actually he's actually happy about the mandatory 7-day work weeks as are a lot of the brothers from Ethiopia. Jeez. Yeah, they actually they like the mandatory 7-day work week cuz they don't even get these kind of checks and things that we get that already aren't enough for us. So they're like, "Yeah, I'm going to take all that overtime and work those Grand. ridiculous hours, take those 2 weeks of vacation throughout the whole year, and at 65 I'm not going to retire cuz I'm not done saving to retire." Jesus. Yeah, 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 Mike, yeah. And the other factory, yeah, had... Ramon is uh eighty two this year, still working. Good God. Eighty two. I was gonna say with regard to, you know, Leslie, you said this a, a little bit ago, but I wanted to draw attention to it. Uh, um that this was the Democrats negotiating against themselves. You know, there was a lot of talk beforehand about, you know, Biden wants to do this bipartisan. And personally, I'm not someone who gives a shit about doing anything bipartisan, but we should draw um, a very clear distinction here that this is the result of a bill of Democrats negotiating against other Democrats and receiving no Republican votes. So this is not like this had to be watered down because of Republicans. This is like this had to be watered down because they can't put a strong arm enough on Joe Manchin and basically choose not to. Yeah, but I mean, if the Democrats didn't fight w- with each other, we wouldn't have had that amazing gif of uh, Cinema doing her Let Them Eat Cake rants. <laughs> so, oh, jeez. I mean, I feel uh, like yeah, at the we- end of the day, everybody won equally because we have yeah. a gif and they have our money. Phoenix, thank you so much for bringing that up because I, I we haven't had a chance to talk about that on the show. But this Kristen Cinema, okay, we, we we really have to talk about because she she is one of the darkest darkest yeah. figures in all the politics. Like if you think that Pete Soul is like absolutely absent, like her, she is just another level because she started out as yep. like a far left feminist socialist Green Party she a, candidate. She was a Green Party candidate, um, and the, what happened? What the fuck do they do to you in D.C.? You know what I mean? Like that. I, what the hell happens when you get there? 
I think it, that Bill once Burr you start starts getting, to make sense. Once you start getting those checks, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, the thing that's the, the the most grim thing about the Kirsten Cinema thing, and I think this is something that people don't uh, notice as much because the GIF is so easily gifable and you know all this stuff. Um, the longer part of the clip is her walking in and tapping Mitch McConnell on the back and being like "hello" and trying to get his attention. And so she did this to try to like. For like Mitch McConnell to like it, you know? Oh my God. It's really grim. And the thing that's even grimmer about it is Mitch doesn't watch. He turns back to his conversation after getting tapped on the shoulder and being and her being like, watch what I'm about to do. He turns back and doesn't even watch. It's one of the grimmest videos I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, she's just um, a mess all around. And then it was funny because then was it like the next day or two days later, she was tweeting about um, like the International Women's Day and how women deserve equal pay. And I was like, yes, right. let you all die in poverty, you fucking loser. <laughs> like, that's what you meant, you know. But um, yeah, and then her little uh, her staff is like, it's sexist to talk about her body no. language. I'm like, she gleefully fucking danced up there being like, I'm going to kill so many fucking people with this vote. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that is, yes, it was that absolute fucking girl boss pussy hat energy. And yeah, I fucking hate it. But I think what really um, is frustrating is that, like, when cinema got in office, I was very critical. I've been critical for, for a long time. And every time I say something, people are like, well, but it's representation because she's a woman. And I- I'm so tired of this obsession um, with, like, the weaponized identity politics. And it's like, just give me identity policy because. You know, clearly her being in office is not helping women. Um, it's not helping anybody except conservatives. Yeah. It's not helping anybody but millionaires. And I just hate it. But that really does speak to just like a larger issue I have with the Democrats. And I don't know if y'all saw this, but the last two elections, because, you know, I was uh, Bernie, I wanted Bernie to win the primary. Um <clears throat> People kept telling me all over social media that, like, I just didn't understand because Democrats have been fighting for all these human rights and universal health care and living wages since FDR. And I'm like, FDR was in office in, like, 1934. That's, like, 90 yeah. years ago. You don't you don't have shit to show for 90 years of fighting, quote unquote, <laughs> you know. It really is grim that the last person they can point to is, like, FDR. I'm like, does that not tell you anything about what it means to vote for Democrats in elections? You know what I mean? Like, what we, what, what, have, what do we have to show for it for all this most important election of all time? Like, and I think that's especially interesting when you put it, like, in historical context. Like, if you put it, like, on a timeline of the history of America. So, like, the guy who was your fa- most famous, like, progressive hero was out of office before Martin Luther King Jr. was even known as an activist. Yeah. Like, Ooh. how sad is that? <laughs> right. And there have been Democrats since then. And it's like, so what's the state of the world that we live in today? You know what I mean? Like, so what has the party done in all that time? Well, here's what I've seen the high level wonks try to do is that what they're trying to do, and I'm not joking about this, is they're trying to claim Nixon as the last great liberal progressive president. I swear to God, <sighs> they're diving into like his bills and the legislation that passed on there. It's not like this is not a ridiculous argument. This isn't, especially in context, it's not a ridiculous argument, but that's what they're doing. Well, this is an argument that's an interesting one, and it's like it goes back to kind of like what Thomas Frank talks about in Listen Liberal, which is that uh, Democrats can get away 
with more right-wing policy than uh, conservatives can. Like Nixon, for being so hard right, was able to reestablish uh, relationships uh, relations with China because he's such a conservative and he w- and any Democrat would have faced like such huge pushback from all the Republicans and stopped it from happening. We are now seeing the same thing happen in reverse right now uh, with the child prisons, the migrant, sorry, the migrant uh, children <laughs> care overflow facilities, facilities, facilities um, that are Jack, being, please facilities that are being reopened under Biden that uh, activists had successfully shut down under Trump. This is like an abject example of the opposite thing happening. Like liberals are able to get away with horrendous policy, like keeping children in inhumane conditions um, while we background check, you know, anyone who lives in the states that they have a contact with. Um, You know, uh, those were shut down by activists and they are now reopening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just forgot that term. Uh, to get people to just sort of agree to with um to agree to a thing but i find that that's uh, how many people have you seen on social media especially pundits and large accounts being like oh did you hear biden make a speech it sounds so much calmer than trump i'm so glad i don't have to pay attention anymore yes that's the number one vibe that they were putting out i have to say like it's just that it's so this feels like asmr to me i don't have to worry now like and that's i feel like for a lot of them it is actually literally true like trump was a disruption to their normal day-to-day lives where they kind of just let the democrat they handed it off to obama and they didn't have to worry about it and they didn't have to think about it and like now that biden is in office they feel the same way and they're very open about it Back to brunch. And that makes them even worse than when it was Obama. Because, God damn it, at least Obama sounded cool. Like, yes. the bullshit, like <laughs> Biden sounds horrible. I mean, it, shows, it shows how desperate they were to, like, not pay attention again. Because, yeah, no, uh, uh, Biden sounds like shit. Like, he can't remember the name of, like, the Pentagon and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> Manufactured consent. That was the term I was thinking of. But, yeah, because there really is ah, just, yeah. like, this vibe now that it's just like, oh, Trump is out. And, you know, because Trump was a Nazi and Trump is a fascist. And, you know, he is the only problem in America. And we got we voted out a dictator somehow because that's how you stop dictators. No, we actually <laughs> also voted out fascism. Fascism is actually completely done because we did it we voted it out and then it's it's also like what was the nigga dictating people were out there shutting down amazon warehouses from being put up and stuff what the fuck was he actually dictating he wasn't (laughs) he wasn't but you know that's it's just easier to blame him he was dictating their timeline he was dictating (laughs) Ah, and their mental state and the news news that they had to watch on tv like yeah Mm -hmm. he was ruining their television shows and that truly is the most (laughs) important thing he actually did. I actually do think Trump had a detrimental effect on TV. I don't think TV has ever been worse, if I'm being honest with you. So in that sense, I guess they are right. Like he, this was like a form of aesthetic fascism where he looms so large uh, over even media and sitcoms and stuff that everything turned bad. Mm-hmm. He was a fascist on TV because the TV news wanted that. They were like, we like... We want to sell the vibe of, of what it's like to have a fascist. But you're right. Like he wasn't he, Trump couldn't get shit done, to be honest with you. He was, a you know, uh, uh, he did a lot through executive order and everything like that. But, you know, he was not the most effective president we've ever seen. Definitely not. Yeah. But yeah. And, you know, and so people are really sold on this idea that like he's out of office. So 
you know, nothing matters now. And you can see it because so many people, oh, I can go back to brunch now. And honestly, my true feeling about this, I, you know, is please go back to brunch. <laughs> yeah. <and> shut the <laughs> fuck up and stay out of politics forever. I would love for you to go back to brunch. And actually, in the next primary, don't vote. Don't vote in the next primary. Stay out at brunch uh, and just like opt and, you know, be out of this like you say you're going to. Keep that promise. If Biden can keep the promise of getting liberals to check out, I will say that he was the next FDR. <laughs> that's actually like so, a super so, fair assessment though because that's always the things people you know argue over the primaries and like well i'm not into politics but if you're not into politics don't vote in the primaries that's for go people to brunch. who care go back to brunch then yeah, please leave the rest yeah, of us alone and care about politics and it, policy you exactly know? <laughs> if your vote blue no matter who just shut the fuck up and pick who we choose to win the primary yeah, like, exactly. just, i mean this is also you know i i i'm saying you know and i i've, I've been saying this recently as I'm like, you know what the left needs to do moving forward is everybody needs to not advocate to vote for Joe Biden. You know what I mean? Like we 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 cannot we need to be swing voters as much as everybody talks about winning over the swing voters. The reason one of the arguments for like why they had to choose Biden was they were like, well, these centrists like they could swing either way. We need to swing either way, too. And we need to not like settle for someone like Joe Biden, who, in my opinion, would have won without a full court press from the left being making the harm reduction argument for voting for Biden. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. But I think that a lot of people are scared, though, because, like, you don't want to be but like, what if I don't vote and then Trump wins and now we just have a fascist again? You know, I, I, I of course I understand. And I'm, I, I don't stand against anyone's like personal decision to vote in any way that they want to vote. I just think that left media needs to like stop sniffing its own farts about how important it is basically i just like it really rankled me to see like you know major sort of left media outlets independent media outlets being like you know the harm reductionist you know uh, uh case for voting for biden i'm like you know joe biden has the entire traditional corporate media making every single argument they could make for voting for him they don't need our assistance and in fact it's like showing that no matter what we will vote for shitty democrats because it's always going to be the most important election of all time i'm like we have to change that perception and show that we will not uh, vote for shitty democrats and that our votes need to be won yeah Absolutely. so I, I know people everybody's gonna say yeah 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 right now two years you're gonna feel differently so here, here no i didn't here, feel here, differently last year well, not, you, and no, i voted not green obviously of us but other people so here's here's something i heard that will at least be less annoying right so i heard someone make the argument that actually you should vote for biden because it doesn't matter because it's not important like that so it, it would at least be less annoying and people say oh oh you do, uh, voting for biden is not stopping fascism which a lot of people like bought into and that has problematic you know implications after the fact when you put in someone like uh joe biden who is of course you know dropping bombs and opening reopening the child care facilities at least if you're going to make that argument i know put this in your mind palace for two years from now at least tell them to say something like voting isn't important it doesn't matter it doesn't really change anything so just spend five minutes and do it if that's the argument we have to have then that's fine now most people are still going to ignore you because in these intervening two years the democrats will have done 
done so little that people will want to not vote for them out of spite uh, at that point. I hope something better is on offer, but I don't expect it to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, you know, uh, I that's another element that made me sort of like annoyed at the independent left media advocating to vote for Joe Biden is I'm like, it's still this kind of misguided belief in electoralism. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with you, Leslie, that it would be fine to be like, uh, vote for Biden because voting doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who gives a shit? The Joker-fied case yeah. for, uh, for voting <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> and, you know, like, and I'm a, I, I'm sure I've missed a lot of this. Like, on the one, like, I'm not on the Twitter, which is apparently, like, that's where it goes down. And that's also, awful. like... I left, the, I left, too, so I'm, I'm with you now, and... Truly, my life is so much happier over the last couple months. <laughs> yeah, like, and I don't want to name the shows because I don't want to be, like, dissing people on your platform. But, like, my uh, my podcast subscriptions, as far as what I listen to, have been way down since 2016 because a lot yeah. of fools just showed themselves to be mark-ass busters. And I, I don't get yeah. down with them. <laughs> I, it, it's sad to see. It's sad to see. Don't be a mark. That's the number one thing I can say. Don't be a mark. Don't be a sucker. Like I, but so many people want to believe in the fiction. They want to believe in kayfabe. They but want to believe that this is the time. These are the Democrats that are going to change things, save the world, uh, what have you. At, I don't know. Maybe it feels good, but I've just like I've always I I, I guess the, my thing is I watched pro wrestling when I was like, like being a, a John kid. Cena fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm a smart mark now. You know, if I'm going <laughs> to cheer somebody, it's going to be at least with some ironic distance, like a Bernie Sanders. You know, I I, I get it. I I you know I get getting into it, but I don't get the uh, true believers. I think that it's um just like an amazing propaganda job, honestly, because I think people really feel like they're so helpless that they can't do shit on their own um, without electoral politics. Like it, on some level, there's like, but if we don't have the backing of elected officials, we can't win. And it's like, we sh- should spend way more time talking about mutual aid because yeah, we I have yeah, way I more agree. power um than we realize like and mm-hmm. i i think that there should definitely be more conversations around that sort of organizing and that that might maybe um sort of like wake some folks up when it comes to uh being obsessed with the idea that electoral politics can save us in some way because when you start yeah. doing mutual aid then that like like that's when you really start realiz- realizing like no actually we have the fucking power fuck them niggas in dc right and so <laughs> like that like that's when it I starts agree. clicking or at least for me that is what helped a lot was like actually that like what we're doing is fucking badass like yeah. fuck whatever's Listen, happening I, you know I in the capitol building you know i completely agree with you and i would even go so far as to say that it's like you know, we need the people that are elected so that we can win. I would say that maybe we're like not like maybe America, maybe in America, we're not going to win. You know what I mean? And so like mutual aid is the way to like help the people who are being harmed by what's happening in America. You know what I mean? Like it's like maybe like, you know, thinking about like, oh, the people in D.C. are going to come to save us. It's like there really are people every day who are in like deep amounts of pain and who are hurting because of neoliberal politics, you know, and like mutual aid is something that we can do to actually like, that's the way to fight back. It's like, I don't even know if it's the way to win, but it's the way to fight back. And it's the way to like, actually make a change about all the things that you are pissed off about. Even if it's like small and only in your community, it's the way to fight back against neoliberalism, which has, you know, basically, uh, um, um, has sentenced all these people to die. 
You know what I mean? Like that is kind of what's at the core of neoliberalism is like there's a class that deserves to die out naturally. And so what we have to do is basically try to like allow those people not to die to fight neoliberalism. Absolutely. Um, I think that that's like sort of just like a really uh, sort of like lie that's been embedded, I think, again, like with the propaganda um, when it comes down to that is that we don't talk of we don't talk honestly about elected officials. We don't talk honestly about politicians. And so there's always a sort of assumption that even like, okay, so that policy didn't really work out and it turned out to be a really bad idea, but they probably didn't know that when they made it. They didn't have mm-hmm. bad intentions. They weren't trying to hurt us on purpose. Yes, the fuck they were. They wanted you right. to die. <laughs> like that is what they wanted. And you need to like have that coming to Jesus moment with yourself to know that your elected officials do not give a fuck about you and will happily mm-hmm. um, enact policy that will kill you. And mm-hmm. that that is intentional because they are sadists, because they want to maintain their power and where they are in their social hierarchy. They want to save their bank accounts. And I think a lot of people just aren't ready to acknowledge that because that is a very uncomfortable truth to have to sit with, to know that you're mm-hmm. being told to go vote for somebody who will literally vote to murder you for being poor. Absolutely. And it is for being poor. It is like it's not even it's so much worse than that. They're doing it because they hate you, which is at the core of so much like Republican policy is like, you know, in in conservative policy is like, you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, be out of hatred. They're doing it because they think it's like scientifically the correct thing to do. You know what I mean? They're doing it because it's like, you know, you know, if you believe in the theory of capital and everything like that, that like this ultimately is the like proper way for the, you know, the tie of history to they're doing it because they just don't care about you and they don't regard your humanity as real you know well and i think that's also like a a point where people get confused is because people assume that if you were to make a policy that's going to hurt me it's because you hate me no you can just be incredibly apathetic to me and not see me as Mm -hmm. deserving of equal rights so if my name falls on one side or the other of your like ledger sheet on your pros and cons list that may or may not be the end of me and it's not because you hate me as a person it's just because you're trying to get the numbers where you want them and i'm just a number i would point to as an as an abject example of this Everybody is talking about how this new bill will reduce child poverty by 50%. What that says to me is we are still okay with that 50% of children in poverty. You know what I mean? Like there's that like that's actually a very shameful thing to admit that we the richest country in the world, even aside from the fact that it's only temporary, the fact that we are willing to admit like we did it, like millions and millions of children still can't eat. You know what I mean? Like, and there is the other side of that balance sheet. And the other side of that balance sheet is the 50% of children that are still going to be in poverty after this bill. Yeah. Well, I think we right. saw that um, when Obamacare passed, right? And it was like a right. bunch of people like, well, I get health care now. It's like, yeah, but right. like 30 million people. Only 100 million, don't. only 30 million people <laughs> won't have health care. Like, and it's like, okay, well, what about those 30 million? <laughs> Fuck them. They don't exist. <laughs> They came in on the wrongs. If they wanted to be taken seriously, they should have been on the other side of the ledger sheet. God damn it. Yeah, like they're they're on the wrong part of the Google Docs spreadsheet. <laughs> hey, Leslie, this job is cool, huh? <laughs> I hate y'all. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, exactly. We just let them let them talk. Love it. Love it. Just sit back and talk. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. We were talking before. I was talking earlier on the show. We just sit back and let y'all get yeah, heart I'm heavy gonna, lifted. I'm gonna reload the Patreon and see what that's like. 
<laughs> Y'all keep knocking out that shift. Uh, like, really, um, I am a propagandist, right? Propaganda is not a bad word. It just has a bad connotation because of right wingers and uh, fucking um and this mutual aid deal. I'm sure I'm not the only one that is like in the audience right now. Like, holy shit, this is interesting. Tell me more. And like with propaganda you want to do like george bush said catapult it not just one episode mm-hmm. or just one twitter thread maybe like every monday 10 minutes right right the the, the monday mutual aid program mm-hmm. 10 minutes right and get this the, uh my brother right here and maybe phoenix collider and riff about it hey this is an aspect of mutual aid you might want to know about whoop 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 and here's a couple links where you could read some articles bing bang 10 minutes upload it you know, and get folks into that and then get folks expecting it and then talking to their friends about it. Hey, check out this mutual mm-hmm. aid shit mm-hmm. because I don't know what the hell that is. And I think it's dope as hell hearing y'all riff about it. And now I want to tell someone about it. Yeah. I, in fact, I already reached out and I think that's a great idea. So let's 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 do something because we are going to be from this time forward going live on Fridays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what we can do. Uh, we already got a lot of people. Well, even the DSA Mutual Aid Steering Committee reached out. Kendall May, Hugh, maybe we might be able to get on this who we had on the show. So, yeah, let's let's talk about this more. Let's talk about this a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah, we should yeah. talk about because I don't think a lot of people understand it um, like conceptually or philosophically or however you want to say. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand mutual aid fully as a concept. And we really do need to be better about that. Here's something I found out that's very interesting about mutual aid. And this is not tax advice or anything. Uh, um, but I, you know, sort of did a mutual aid effort with uh, uh, some friends. And, you know, uh, uh, basically one person, you know, it was a PayPal pool. And one person was the recipient of the PayPal pool money and then sent it out to other people. And the very interesting thing about all this stuff is that if you do it without the artifice of setting up a charity foundation and all this kind of stuff, it doesn't create tax benefits for anybody uh, if you do it just direct person to person. But it also doesn't, like, create a tax burden if you're doing it person to person. You can like receive money and directly hand it out to other people and it's actually far less complicated than setting up a full charity system or whatever um which really just in my mind made me feel more than ever that i'm like wow this whole charity system is like a bizarre artifice that's been set up to create beneficial tax scenarios for people um where you could literally just be handing money to people and that does not create a beneficial tax scenario but it also doesn't need to be taxed in any way uh, I'm just going to say this as somebody who actually works for a 501c3. It's absol- A lot of it is absolutely um, neoliberal sham shit. Not the one I work for. We actually do um, organize. No, I'm serious. We're serious about like street-based organizing. But um, no, sure. that, that there really are, is a course, thing. There are, C3s. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I mean, that really is a thing that we don't talk about with that type of setting up charities and setting up and whatever, because the goal usually for them is to put a dent in something, not to actually end it. Right. And I think that like Absolutely. that's an important distinction and people don't think about that. Right. Because you can have a charity and they'd be like, oh, we're going to feed people. But people still aren't allowed to plant gardens on empty lots. So how many people are we feeding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's temporary solutions. It's not permanent solutions. And mm-hmm. I think that like that's got to be part of that conversation. Yeah. There's also a lot of and you probably know a lot more about this than I do. Uh, but there's a lot of. um like sort of built in default means testing that goes into charity. Like if you want to, you know, get those beneficial tax scenarios, then you have to like means test everybody and get everybody's tax info and make sure that they were properly impoverished enough to even receive this money, you know, like, uh, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I am a big advocate for direct mutual aid, handing out food to people, giving people straight cash. Like, I think that's really the way to do it. Yeah, that's abs- uh, direct mutual aid is absolutely the way to go. In my industry, it's dealing with sex workers and people who have been trafficked and just the amount of um sheer money that gets wasted on not going to people who need it because they don't qualify um mm-hmm. is just like absolutely absurd and it just creates these like never-ending cycles of poverty and despair for people and it's completely avoidable but then those business the the charities would go out of business and they don't want to go out of business because their business model is being in business right mm-hmm. and so it's like you know if you were serious about eradicating poverty and you work for a charity that's trying to eradicate poverty part of your goal has to be to make sure nobody else ever needs your job again <laughs> so are you going right. to work to try to put yourself out of work or what right <laughs> right right and that's even aside from all the fucked up charities that spend a lot of money on parties and stuff like that but that's a whole different story but they're raising awareness <laughs> the first step is identifying the problem so i have been told and we have a uh, comment in the chat space, uh, Jesse Loco saying, um, like privatization of Medicaid in my state uh, that says I need to die just because I'm disabled and now have terminal cancer to boot. So they now make me fight um, tooth and nail for every medication and treatment uh, that lets me breathe a little longer. Still fighting yes. for my PET scan because they say it's not medically necessary. Yep. Yeah. End up on the wrong fucking side of that balance sheet and shit is over. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, this this is the thing I talked about with the one six thing and the condemnation of violence. And it's like the people in who run our country in Congress, those are some of the most depraved and violent people in the world because they've set up this process that is slowly killing us. These industries that the healthcare industry, the health insurance industry just like makes money off of killing people more or less or letting people die. You know, there's so everything is built and they do that with the assistance of our elected officials, our elected officials. So like, why should I care if some good old boys run up on them? Like I like that, like, like they are the most violent criminals on the face of the planet. Like these, some of these people will be in the history books for sending this country down the path is going on i don't care like what happens to them because obviously if they cared about us they would be sending out these stimulus checks faster earlier they would be doing something about health care health care would have been a part of COVID thing people were people were seriously talking about you could do medicare for all just for COVID, right like people that was a Mm -hmm. serious suggestion didn't get it. You know that our, our current vice president, you know, uh, advocated for $2,000 monthly checks. And then she yes. just happened to never bring it up again after she was chosen as the vice president to like an austerity ghoul. You know, so it's like it's not like the people in power don't know or haven't at least like signaled that this would be useful stuff. Um, they just don't have the political will to accomplish it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Or it's it's just not part of the job. Right. They just like that's. That's not what I get paid to do. I don't get paid to help your ass. And like, I'm right there with uh, Leslie. Like, that was some wine cellar media shit you said right there. Like, I don't care. Like, oh, some Trump pansies <laughs> ran up in your office. Like, I'm out here in the streets with the Trump pansies every day. Like, you just caught about five minutes of like me paddling. Yeah. Like, when we're looking for the house, the, the oh, realtor God, showed yeah. us a house, and the next door neighbor had a big old Trump flag over a nativity Jeez. scene. Like, I'm not living next to that bastard. <laughs> 
good <laughs> yeah i mean honestly i think one six more than anything just like trump was um a very scary television show that people had to watch and their television viewing was once again interrupted and so you know uh, it kind of reminded of them of when they watched 9-11 on tv so it became in their minds another 9-11 all right so we're, we're closing our hour now uh phoenix william Thank you so much for coming on our show again. Absolutely pleasure to have you as always. And we need to work uh, together more and more regularly. I I, I would love uh, to see it. Um, but before we get off, uh, can you tell people uh, where they can find you? Holy shit. It's uh, winecellarmedia.com. Uh, that's where I, I link everything in through to that. And we actually now have a Patreon interface to winecellarmedia.com so if you either prefer to go to patreon or to the website like now like if you're signed up at this level or that level it will literally show up for you as that right and oh, uh the cool. pa- yeah and <laughs> the patreon is uh patreon.com slash winecellarmedia fund and a facebook page uh that has about a hundred and thirty thousand followers now that we've been building as oh, our wow. meme page yeah we're gonna start converting that to the phoenix and williams show page that's been my plan since i started the meme page was to make it a podcast page but you you know the the memes the, the meme shake brings all the people to the yard you know <laughs> and phoenix where do they find you uh you can always find me on twitter at uppity negress with two p's two t's two s's um i talk a lot of shit on twitter that's usually my preferred social media uh, and and one of the best accounts, truly. Oh yes, Everybody very should, very if, good. And 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 criminally underfollowed, I'd say. You must yes. you must follow Phoenix on tw- on Twitter. Even oh, I... d- even Deborah Messing tried to flex. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deborah Messing got mad at me. Who the fuck got mad at me like last week? I don't oh, know. Somebody. I know Talib Kweli fucking melted down. Oh over my you. God! He was in my DMs <laughs> whining like a. <laughs> Man, how you ruined Talib Kweli? <laughs> God damn! I. <laughs> Did it? He's fucking light skinned menace. Emotional sometimes. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> so. but, yeah, no, I'm on Twitter. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm kind of sad that we don't have time to talk about the Nazis. Oh, we should have you back very soon. We should have you back very soon because honestly, it's always a pleasure. And this is it, it went by too fast because we just got uh, too much into fucking chopping it up. That's what happens every time. <sighs> I'm too damn tangential. <laughs> God damn it. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Struggle Session. Have a good one. Peace. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? 
Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.